right. Hi, guys. Welcome to the next episode of the Bomb Squad podcast. This is our uh, 13th time recording this. Rain keeps deleting the audio. Hi, I'm Tanner Craft. If you're gonna if you wanna say libel about me, let's like have something like funny. Oh, uh, I got something libelous. Rain's Italian. When the moon hits you. Woo! How dare you? That's a spicy meatball. Wanna bring that into court? <laughs> I have a DNA test right here. Get us back on track. Hi! Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast. No, you can't I'm say that. I already said it. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. That's illegal. Tanner, you don't understand. Joe put runes around the room, so he is allowed to speak. I hate you can speak. I hate it. It was Joseph all along. Uh, we're we're here to talk about episodes eight and nine of WandaVision. We have our usual uh, cast of hosts, but if you could see here, we have a new face. Is I, Devin Dillon. Yep, that's Hi, Devin Dillon. Hi, Devin. How you doing today? Uh, oh, shucks. I'm doing good. This is my Devin impression. No, I'm Rain. <laughs> but I'm excited to, uh, to get into it, get into... Um, the the television show. Last I checked, Rain, you hadn't seen any of this until very recently. When did you decide to binge it? Was it before the finale? It was after episode seven, I think. No, it, yeah, it was like a week, but yeah, it was uh, when like right after episode seven came out. I just binged it all, uh, all at once, and um, it worked fine. I'm not sure. I'm I'm interested. Um, it was interesting not to um, not have time to like you know, develop fan theories and stuff just to, like, sort of just take it in all at once. Honestly, it, it was interesting, but not interesting enough to have much to say about it other than I did that, and it was neat. That's that's fair, considering how this thing chose to go out. Uh, it chose to go out the right way. Overall, what did you guys think of the last two episodes of WandaVision where they, uh, first off, completely dropped any of the sitcominess, uh, which was fine. They pretty much caught up with Modern Times anyway. Modern Family. Modern Times hit film by uh, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin's Modern Family. <laughs> I want to watch that. I understand the decision, although part of me was a little disappointed because, like, I'm just I, I personally, I'm someone who just cannot stand the um, the standard Marvel aesthetic, the way like they decide to shoot their stuff more often than that. So all the early episodes, uh, seeing them like sort of recreate styles from older decades, it was sort of a, it was an excuse to see uh, these. Their character development of a Marvel show, of a Marvel um, story, which is usually strong and I like, uh, but I don't have to look at it. It doesn't have to look like a Marvel show, which is usually a bad thing in my opinion. Um, so then, by the last couple of episodes, that was that was no longer a thing, which made me a little sad. Yeah, I mean that was more or less what I was kind of expecting based on the like articles and stuff that I had been seeing. They were basically saying. Last two episodes or whatever the fuck, they're going to be a full Marvel movie, which like I think episode eight did it well, like it, it balanced it out fairly evenly. But it was yeah, it was like that those two episodes are basically two halves of a Marvel movie. So, I mean, it, it was it was what I expected. It, it was fine. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as the first seven which were the build-up but it was like a payoff it was it was fine oh it paid off all right Brennan, go i i've actually got people coming in right now sorry so i'm at my mom's by the way for the audience 
Um, I'm in Iowa recording this. Um, this was after Vrenik Googled Gizmo. His mom came over and dragged him back to Iowa as punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I actually showed her that. Uh, she got a chuckle out of it. Um, as far as my opinions on these last couple of episodes, they're, they're fine. Um, they didn't go all out like I was kind of hoping they would. Kind of like everyone said, it's basically just your typical Marvel movie, Marvel ending. I will say I liked one half better than the other, but it's not to say that the other half that I wasn't that big of a fan of was bad. It was fine. I'm honestly kind of very down the middle on how this whole whole thing ended. Because a lot of people are, are putting down these two episodes. I gotta say... Um, other than the fight scenes that were kind of meh, um, I thought this, I'd say, like, quality-wise, this was, like, as far as, like, character stuff goes and writing, I'd say this was about on par with all the other episodes, probably. Arguably. Mm-hmm. Just to give give these episodes a little bit of a defense. Oh, trust me. It's gonna get a lot more than a little bit here soon. Okay. Um, yeah, no, now, um, I interrupted Austin. Now, now go. Austin. Right, I, Austin, hurry I up. Austin, just go already. <laughs> Austin, we're all waiting. <laughs> I thought episode eight was amazing. I really liked episode eight. Uh, it was a really good time, and I was excited to see the show do everything it did in episode eight. Then episode nine, and just bitch slapped me across the face, like, fuck you, this is going to be bad. And I was just sitting there eating a burrito, and I was like, no! So we know what you think about Star Wars. Now tell us what you thought about WandaVision. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke and then I didn't. I was gonna say Zack Snyder took over directing, but that was better. Uh, episode nine was by far the best episode of the show, and if you disagree, you have dumb baby poo poo brain. All right, Tanner, I'm off the bomb squad. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone goes to Tanner's house to beat the shit out of me. Yeah, I'm out too. I, I don't even have a strong opinion on this. It, all right, it's just it's just enough. So um, since we all gave a little bit of our takes on these two episodes. I'm going to be honest. I saw episode nine yesterday, so I remember it pretty well. But episode eight, I remember liking it. But I'd... let's get into let's get into episode eight. Like you know what happened because I so you can remember what it is. Yeah, I had feelings and thoughts on it, but I'm trying to remember like, what the fuck even you know. So someone do that now, please. Austin, go. Episode eight is told in a few stages. It starts off where episode seven left off where Agatha has introduced herself to Wanda as Agatha Harkness. And Wanda's trapped in her basement because she's got the kids held hostage. Then they go Mm -hmm. on a little stroll down memory lane, first through, you know, Cold War, Eastern Europe, and then into a Hydra. This was the best episode. What am I talking about? Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Then they go into a Hydra chamber after that. Then they go into the Avengers compound. Then they go to S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. Then after that, Wanda drives to a house where her and Vision were supposed to live. And she makes the the show happen. And then um, Agatha does a pullback. And she's like, this is the Holy Mountain now. We're on a set. And uh, then Wanda's like, no, because she hears her kids outside just getting fucked over. So she pushes out the door like stage left or something. And then she's just outside of Agnes's house. And then Agnes has her kids on like doggy leashes. And she's like, you're the scarlet bitch. And then it's over. That's that's a general rundown. So something in this episode that I uh, 
thought it, it improved my opinion on some of the previous episodes was that like um, they showed her watching the sitcoms at various points. So like she's watching Dick Van Dyke DVDs and then she's watching Malcolm Middle and the uh, Shield Complex and then uh, Modern Family and whatever. Uh, so like it, it made me think differently about like the way that they portrayed the uh, 80s, 90s, 2000s sitcoms. Is like she probably watched the remastered version. So to her, it is 169. <laughs> yeah, um, I was telling Tanner about this uh, the other week where, uh, like, through, when I was watching episodes one through seven, the whole time I was thinking, I get how, um, like, how each episode's, uh, like, TVS deck is supposed to reflect um, Wanda's emotional state at that point and, and what have you. And I thought it did a good enough job on that level. But the whole time I was, like, sort of disappointed because, like, so what? at what point did, like, this Eastern European woman, like... Like, why is she so uh, fixated on, like, on, like, 30, 40 years worth of American sitcoms? Like, what's the, what's, like, why, why is it a big deal to her? It just seems like a, like, I could mostly ignore it, but I was, I was a little disappointed there was never a reason given then. The fact that we were given a reason, that was nice. And then, um, honestly, like, the scene with, um, with her family and then uh, with the mom and all that, them being stuck there, like, that might have been... Like, I don't know. I'm, that might be, like, one of the darkest moments, like, seen in an MCU thing. Like, it's up there, at the very least. Yeah. It also um contradicts uh, what Pietro said happened in Age of Ultron. In Age of Ultron, Pietro said they were eating dinner when the bombs are... I... We're ten years old. Having dinner, the four of us. Are you suggesting Kevin Feige isn't all-seeing on this podcast? He betrayed me. Everybody betrayed me. I'm... Tanner, say it. Kevin Feige is not omniscient. You have to say it on the record. All right, Tanner. I'll say it. Kevin Feige is sexy as hell. Tanner, Kevin Feige was aware of that. He just wanted to piss off CinemaSins. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Which everybody should because CinemaSins sucks. This is called CIA propaganda in the circles that I run in. Uh, military propaganda. Marvel Shut movies. Shut the fuck up. I don't even get it. And so seeing a representation in the show of some Eastern Europeans getting their lives completely fucking destroyed. Like parents blown up while they're watching the Dick Van Dyke show by an American made bomb. I was like, based. This is based. First, they turn the FBI into clowns. <laughs> now they do this. It's fine on the flip side of that. Like I, on my notes, I made on one of them is how. Um, what is is it? What's the name? Um, the FBI guy. What's his name again? Jimmy Woo. All cops are bad except for Jimmy Woo. He is like the biggest threat to. Um, like he is. He, he is. Too, he is too charismatic to be an FBI. He's a threat. Like he should not be in that role. Like I. I was about to like salute him. Um, like last episode. So he, <laughs> that he was, was propaganda. Threat. Was him. Yeah, that is that is, he is effective propaganda. Yeah, because he comes in and he busted he busts somebody who's from a fake agency doing something the CIA and FBI would gladly do <laughs> to make the FBI have a contra that's not as bad as the real life FBI. Ah! But, but yeah, yeah, they did the bad yeah. appleism thing with Hayward. You know, you know what they fucked up with Hayward? I don't know if this was revealed before episode eight, but his name is fucking Tyler. Director Tyler Hayward. They just went full stupid. He's a, he's a wall puncher. He's a fucking wall puncher who was appointed to be the top, <laughs> the tough guy at sword. Yeah. Wanda busts in and it shows that thing that there was, they, they showed video of, I think in like episode five, where Wanda busts into the facility and fucking murders everybody and steals Vision's corpse. 
and then it's just it's not it's not what they said it was. Yeah, especially because mm-hmm. I lo- I went back and watched the episode. All that footage shows is her breaking the door and then breaking the window and flying in. That's yeah. all it shows. I think we could say that like, that's the only interesting thing about his character. Like, I think we can all agree. Don't trust the media. I think we can all agree. Like the biggest, um, the biggest like disappointment about this whole series is that guy. Like how just how bland of a villain he was. I thought the same thing until episode nine, and then I loved him. Really? But he doesn't. Like I, the whole time, I was like, maybe he'll do something. I support shooting reveal. children. <laughs> I was gonna ask if that was the case, and then Tanner confirmed it. But I agree with Rain. Um, Hayward is the most forgettable villain in anything Marvel related. Probably more forgettable than like name the villain in the Dark World. Malekith. Oh fuck! I couldn't name him. At least the Dark Elf guy. At least he had like a cool design. I don't even remember what he looks like. He has a cool design and kind of a cool name. So Hayward, he doesn't have either of those. I, I try to picture Malekith, and all I see is Gollum. Well, at least that's something compared to Hayward, who just looks like um like a a conservative dentist or something. That is so correct. Um, other cool scene, the whole grief scene. That was, it was a good, it was a nice scene. Although, um, I should have made a note about this, but like, I remember like seeing some people like were like, they were like treating it like it was like some Shakespearean speech. His, uh, I don't want to talk about that that tweet. Please leave me alone. I want to talk about that tweet. It's time now, Tanner. Okay. So Wanda and Vision are on the bed during the third stage of the grief tour. Uh, where Wanda has just lost her brother Pietro to, to the events of Age of Ultron, to him getting shot like a chump. and uh, You didn't see that coming. Yeah, so Vision has to console her, and she's like, the only thing that would make me happy is seeing him again. And he gives her a speech about what grief is, and he says the line, what is grief but love persevering? And uh, the internet had itself a whole time with this. Tanner, what did the internet do? <laughs> The internet called it one of the greatest lines they've ever seen, um, which it's a pretty fucking good line. It's a good line, but, but yeah. It's fine. I think it's on the right side of this border, but it is on the border of being a live, laugh, love poster. It's on the right side of the border, but it's close. Yeah, I see what you mean. I love the die. I really like the line. Pr- pretty much all of the retweets I was seeing in regards to that or just like people going shut the fuck up it i honestly just i heard it and was like that that that's a good line that that sure is a line and then i moved on and just watched the rest of the episode yeah pretty much yeah that's that's what happened here too i was like ah cool line what why do you think everybody on the internet went into a shit fit over this one line we're in uh almost a year straight of being in pandemic mode we're going bananas. This might sound this. Well, this will sound very like uh, high plume tuned of me and just like pretentious. But like, maybe just like a lot of people who are watching this show just don't like watch a lot of other shows, and maybe like they're just I don't know, their threshold for like what's a deep line is lower than what it should be. So they heard that like that's so deep, and then uh, they were talking about how deep it was on the internet, and everyone who's realized it's not that deep. Uh, they were getting annoyed by the by the first group of people, so then um, they started yelling at those people. And then um, what, and this is a very common thing where the people who are yelling at about the out, who are outraged at the outrage are like more like that outrage becomes louder than than the actual 
the inciting incident, basically. The internet was a fucking mistake. Good yeah. God. Yeah, there. Yeah. It was. I, I remember. I remember seeing some people just getting fucking furious at how often the term Lynchian was being used in regards to this show. Yeah. <laughs> it was at first. By episode four, it dropped it, but the first few episodes was kind of. Yeah. I, I think the uh, the main point of Twin Peaks was that they were never supposed to solve Laura Palmer's death. This is this is in opposition to Twin Peaks. It's a nine episode clean series that is never going to have a second season. The Who Killed Laura Palmer was really the friends we made along the way. I mean, it's fair to say it has. Um, <laughs> like, obviously, they were inspired by Lynch uh, for certain scenes throughout the early episodes, but um, like it, it, it borrows elements from his style. But like, you definitely can't say it's like a full on um, homage, like to him or what or whatever. Yes, I can. I can say whatever I want. WandaVision was secretly directed by David Lynch. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait. Can we get to um the weirdest thing about this whole series to me, weirder than any other quote-unquote Lynchian thing, is the is that Ross from Friends is in this the whole time? Like, just, like, as, like, a background character? I thought he was going to have, like, a he was going to be a bigger deal. What? David Schwimmer's in this? Yes, he's the mustache guy. That's not David Schwimmer! <laughs> it is. <laughs> the big mustache. <laughs> The big mustache. That's like, that guy's <laughs> nose is way too big. Let's, I could have sworn that was David Schwimmer. <laughs> it's not. That wasn't. You thought that was me? David Schwimmer? I, thought, I feel so fucking bad for that actor. Oh, thank you, Rain. I, I, I have. This is the first uh, really good laugh I've had in a while. Hey, to be fair, I haven't seen that. That man hasn't been on television since like 2000 or whatever. So like, so I don't know maybe how how he's aged, like what he looks like now. I love Band of Brothers. Pornography. This actor's in Coming to America, not David Schwimmer. Oh, dang! The whole literally the whole time I thought it was David Schwimmer. I mean, I didn't think David Schwimmer. I thought, oh, it's it's uh, Ross. <laughs> it's literally just Ross from Friends. In a covert operation. This makes me so happy. I thought he was going to like, oh, he's in the background. He's going to be, if anything, I thought he would have been Agatha. He was the real Agatha all along. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the idea that you had expectations for this character because you're like, yeah, "Yeah, that's David Schwimmer. But it wasn't David Schwimmer. I can't get over this. If he didn't have like the cartoonist mustache, maybe I would have like. David Schwimmer doesn't have any facial hair. It's a very silly looking mustache. I thought it was fake. That's just his mustache. That's a real mustache. It was very silly, though. That was why they skipped the 90s episode. Because <laughs> uh, David Schwimmer was there all along. This guy's photo on IMDb is fucking incredible. <laughs> this man's my fucking hero. I do be a cat, though. A- episode A was a cool um, intro to the finale. Um, it, it was a good first half. It contextualized the series pretty well. Yeah, it, it, was, it was solid. I, I like that there was, like, trauma in reserve, you know? I like that there was mm-hmm. trauma we had just heard about, but they hadn't rubbed our faces in. That was that was a nice idea to sort of... We're gonna make you bitches cry. We got some trauma in the chamber. So a uh, question for, I guess, anyone, but probably Tanner, because I feel like he'd be the most... He he know the most about this. Um, 
were people like upset like that they retconned her power like to be like magic like explicitly magic was that like a thing um i know on some deep deep barrows of the mcu subreddit people were pissy that they didn't confirm she's a mutant as a diehard x-men fan i really don't care and also it's not like it still can't be a mutant thing yeah she did pick up magic really quickly without knowing spells that could still be explained with mutant stuff yeah one thing that the episode did that was kind of tasteful was when she's a little kid under the bed fearing the bomb's gonna go off she reaches out her hands to just be like, by the end of the show, everything will be yeah. dope. And then it cuts and Agatha drags her back into reality before you can see if there's any magic going on. So it kind of suggests mm-hmm. that she was, you know, maybe given powers at birth by a cosmic entity yeah. with a name I can't pronounce. I, I'm surprised we haven't made a, a bomb squad like joke about the bomb. <laughs> oh my God. Who am I? I am the WandaVision. That's uh, can, yeah. Let's make an edit of like the Stark bomb, but it's just the bomb squad bomb. We, we kickstarted the events of Wandavision, everyone, and just that character in general. You're welcome. It was Bomb Squad all along. It was our master yeah. plan, baby. We're fucking geniuses. I, I think one of the jokes that the creators had was that they were going to give Fake Pietro the worst names because in episode eight and nine they give him different bad names. I got close with Fake Pietro. Pietro. You're Ralph Boner? Fiatro? That sounds like some bullshit people make up when they're trying to, like, pretend they sing opera. To be fair, I saw Fiatro in the MCU subreddits before the show said it. That's bad. That's wrong. That's just a coincidence, though. They filmed this months ago. They've been filming this. They've just been listening to the feedback in real time and just quickly filming the episodes. I, I got a thing. I got a thing wrong with the screenplay. It's really, it's really strange. Uh, Monica said this before, and then in this episode, Agatha says it. They use the phrase "your truth" in opposed to like the truth inside a certain context. Now, that was like a thing popularized by West Coast shitheads, and most notably Oprah, during a speech in 2018 at the Golden Globe. Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have before that people didn't traditionally say your truth and then it sort of entered the cultural lexicon afterward and i think it's a bad phrase to use in the screenplay for wanda because she's a nexus creature who can fucking make reality whatever she wants so her truth is conditional appealing to her truth is fucking stupid because it can be whatever she wants I have two big problems with this episode, and this is why it's bad. Number one, Wanda states that the episode of the Dick Van Dyke show they're watching at the beginning of season two, episode 21, it may look like a walnut. Incorrect. Season two, episode 20 was, was, it may look like a walnut. Season two, episode 21 was, my husband is a dick check grabber. Tanner, this isn't cinema sins. Secondly, earlier in the series, director Haywood states that Wanda was Wanda's parents were killed in a bombing when she was 10 years old and also states she was born in 1989, which would mean that scene has to take place in 1999. But the first season of Malcolm in the Middle didn't come out on DVD until 2003. We did it, folks. We ended it. 60 seconds of logos. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> that 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 second one about Malcolm in the Middle was so highly upvoted on one of the Reddit comments about the show. It was one of the dumbest fucking things. Someone said it ruined the show for them. 
Why are nerds like this? Let's talk about the post credit scene. Uh, was that white vision? Tanner, that's a slur. I was about to, I was about to say the KKK. <laughs> it's the one where they introduce that uh, Hayward created Dennis from Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music. Uh, here's something that's uh, interesting. The noise that plays when the, the when the second bomb hits the bombed out living room, the bomb that the noise that plays, same noise that the toaster makes on episode one. Uh, number two, I want to, we kind of skipped over this, but there's that part where um, Wanda basically unlocks her powers and she touches the stone and she like sees herself in the future yeah. sort of i really like i really like the outfit they give her um like the her like her super her super suit <laughs> i wasn't ready for someone to call it a super suit where is my super suit I, uh, for the first time in the entire marvel cinematic universe wanda's called the scarlet witch i jumped out of my chair I was like, she, I was like, she said the thing. It broke oh, new I, ground. It broke new ground. I didn't realize that was, I thought she was called that a million times. Yeah, no, she has never been called that in the MCU really before. That was the first time. That's weird. I honestly just shrugged it off because I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's because you're a sad, pathetic person, Joe. I'm kidding. I love you. You're a happy, awesome person. <laughs> All right. Let's get Austin into. Looks so sad. Well, get 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 sadder because we're talking about episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, I really, 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 really like this episode. Uh, ignore what I said before. Episode eight's my favorite episode, but this one is a close second. I really, really like this episode. Uh, Rain and I talked about this immediately after I was done watching the episode. Vrenik talked to me about this after I was watching the episode, but I just want to say this now before either of those two fuckers say it. If you want to compare this to a previously existing superhero property, it is most similar to the 2003 Ang Lee Hulk movie. Fuck you, Tanner. I had the thought first, Renick. I wanted to say it. Should have said it first then, buddy. Okay, Joe, then pick it up with the alley-oop. Explain to me, as someone who hasn't seen the 2003 Hulk movie since before my balls dropped, how is it like <laughs> that movie? Uh, so it so basically we're jumping like 90, 90 or some odd percent of the way through the episode. It's like we find out that... Agatha Harkis, every time uh, Wanda uses magic against Agatha, um, it kills Wanda. And Ag- um, Agatha wants the uh, the powers of the Scarlet Witch. And um, it gets to a point where she's just like, fuck it, I don't want this power, take it, take it all. Um, which is exactly what... Um, Nick Nolte's character from the 2003 Hulk movie wound up doing as uh, the character, the absorbing man in, in the climax of that movie, Hulk and absorbing man are like fighting in a uh, very dark lake. You can't see shit. And he's basically absorbing the Hulk's powers. Um, and he's like, you know what? Fuck you. Take, take it all. I don't want this. And it winds up killing Nick Nolte in the end. And it, and it gave us the gift of take it. Take it all! You just watch me go. Alright. This is not relaxing like memories cast. There is no market for like Marvel related critical reviews, because that's kind of an oxymoron. There's really nothing to like no head, brain dead, mind empty. And so what you have to do is you have to fill the void by going, oh, you know, about a bunch of random shit. Well, now you're just hurting me, Austin. 
that's sort of, I guess, like a big weakness to this episode is like a big thing I appreciate about the early episodes are um, when it comes to action in the Marvel movies, I feel like they're decent. They're good enough, but like they're ne- but they're rarely um, they rarely excite me. They're rare, rare, rarely uh, particularly interesting. Um, so that, so I really enjoyed how they were able to focus a lot more on the character work, uh, which is really strong in these movies and less so on on all the big bombastic action stuff. Whereas this final episode was mostly just big bombastic action stuff with some with a decent amount of character stuff, but not as much as the others. Therefore, it was hard to enjoy. I didn't think there was that much big bombastic action stuff personally. Like there was some, but I remember watching the episode. I was like, they're doing a big Dragon Ball Z thing where they do more talking about fighting than fighting. It wasn't like super severe of a case or anything like that. Um, although I will say, like, of all the episodes, this is the episode where I have, like, the uh, the hardest time trying to figure out what it's trying to say about um, grief. Like, it's I can think of, like, a general notion for all the other episodes, but for this one, I don't know, I'm having the hardest time, I guess. Well, I can pick you up for there. This one's about letting go, quite literally. Acceptance. It's acceptance. It's letting go of your grief, quite literally. That's what that scene mm-hmm. at the end where you know it's revealed the runes and everything but when she's mm-hmm. just throwing it all it's letting go of her grief that's what i thought it was most similar to 2003 hulk how in the final climactic scene of 2003 hulk when he's like take all my power it's take all of the abuse you gave me father all this emotional trauma because you mm-hmm. can't take what you gave me it's it's about letting learning to let go and accept your pain and accept the reality you're in mm-hmm. and being content with it. I thought that's why I really liked the episode, not the action stuff, but because of how lovingly accurately and I just felt real it felt as a metaphor and quite a literalness of letting go of your grief and of your pain. And that's why I really liked it. I liked it for smart reasons, not for dumb, dumb action fight. I actually thought the fights were kind of hard to make out. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Yeah, what I said a second ago was too hard because they uh, they tried here. That's why we keep coming back to Marvel stuff as a society, because they could just dumb the fuck out. And they, they put in like little little slivers of thought for the people watching it so that it's not like void of all meaning. Uh like for instance, I I think I like that Scarlet Witch in this episode finally got her wish of being able to kill Vision herself, and then it's it ends there because I think a lot of her trauma came from the fact that she didn't really get to kill Vision last time. Someone came and like you know took that from her. She wanted to be the one who killed Vision, you know. And I thought that was such a cool special effects sequence of them like going back through all the eras as the camera spun around. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, this is so cool. This is way better than that one weird shot of Herb earlier in the episode where it was a really obvious green screen for like half a second. I, I noticed an Easter egg in this episode. Oh, what, what'd you notice? Uh, it's about the Iraq war. So get this. The citizens of the town are finally freed from their spell thanks to Agatha. And they all say, you know, please let us go. Or if you can't let us go, at least please kill us. And Agatha has a line where she says, heroes don't torture people. So this is parallels to the Iraq war because Wanda tortured this region of people so that she could resurrect the past the way the U.S. tried to resurrect the post-war economy by invading the Middle East. 
So this is technically all just about the Iraq War. <laughs> you know, on that note, I, something I really appreciate about this series is how, um, like, the way they characterize Wanda, like, they have, like, the have these like dark undercurrents to where they don't like full ever fully um uh justify it ever like they aren't like they're like we can understand why she's doing the things she's doing but you know it's not like oh it's okay yeah they don't hold back and being like yeah what she's doing is fucked up yeah like it was horrifying seeing her um like what she did with uh agatha agatha at the end where she just like agatha (laughs) just agatha (laughs) a really like sexy witch costume Oh, boy, we lost all our women viewers. Were there any to begin with? My mom. She... Oh, fair. What she did with her was just was just horrifying, I thought. Like, in, like, in any other character, um, like, any other Marvel hero, I would be like, this is, that's so awful. Like, this is, but, like, with her, I really liked it because it's just, it seems like they're going to be, like, they're building her up to be, like, this sort of anti-hero, if not, like, an outright villain, potentially. So I think it's um I think it's kind of interesting what they're doing with her on that level, which is what she is in the comics. She's rarely yeah. ever explicitly a hero. She really blurs the lines a lot of the time, which I'm excited for. And I think eventually Wanda kills Agatha. I can't remember what series it's in. Oh God, I, I think she's killed her multiple times. Comics are sense. don't don't read comic books. Worst mistake of my life. <laughs> Comics are fun. Don't listen to the no, comics are fun, but I would probably be a fucking doctor if it wasn't for all the useless brain space. All this dumb comic book shit is taking up. Man, just imagine that. If you could trade in all of your all, if I could trade in all my trivia about like Dr. Doom and replace it with like calculus. Just how amazing that would be. <laughs> like an engineering degree. I can I wait. Hold on. Where's the exchange rate on this? What's the exchange rate on this? The only comic you need to read is The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Oh God. <laughs> um, if if I could, if I could trade the uh, the useless knowledge of Superman at one point um, in the fifties, whenever somebody would try to take a photo of him, he would shake his head really fast to hide his identity. If I could, if I could just trade that for like the knowledge to. Uh, build a car or some shit. I don't, I don't think those are mm-hmm. equal. You have to go small, like how to hang, how to properly level a painting. Can I trade all the episodes of One Piece I've watched for being an actual professional editor? <laughs> Dude, that trade would work. That is sufficient alchemy right there. Yeah, that yeah. works. I want to get into One Piece. Like, I'm, like, I've read like 20 chapters and it's like, I'm enjoying this. So I know I would enjoy the rest, but it's just like, that, that's like climbing Mount Everest as, as far as like the amount of reading material I would have to do. At this point, I'm just too invested and I need to see it through. Yeah, I know if I, yeah, I would. Have so back to that. WandaVision. Thank you, Tanner. Tim, did you give your thoughts on this episode? I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Like it, it, it's, it was a fine finale. Yeah, basically just the big Marvel blowout, which was more or less what I was expecting I like your zen about it, though. How are you prepared for this? Because I was actually disappointed. Uh, They always said that the last two episodes were going to be like this in, like, every article about the show since, like, November. That's what prepared me, pretty much. I didn't even read any articles, and I was just like, I kind of see where this is going, but I don't want it to be like this. I don't think I ever expected it to be full Lynch. I I was pleasantly surprised that it was... As weird as it was for as long as it was. Yeah, this is about as weird as uh, you could easily expect a MCU thing to be. I don't know. Loki could be weirder. It could be. I'm not. Ex- pl- I'm not planning on it, but maybe. 
My theory is that this was about the Iraq War. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is about the Arab Spring, and Loki is about the rise of Trumpism. Okay, calling it right now. What about the other two Marvel shows coming out this year? Oh, are you talking about Secret Invasion? No, that's no. I'm talking about Hawkeye and Miss Marvel. And then what about the four oh, yeah. other Marvel movies? And then what about the What If cartoon that's also coming out this year? Uh, what, what if is oh, if God. Bernie won the election? Yeah. <laughs> what if is about alternate communist universe where everything's utopian and there's like uh, equality for everybody? Captain Soviet Union. Hawkeye is secretly about Gladio, Operation Gladio. I want to imagine like a, a Soviet Union Captain America where he carries the shield and also a sickle. I, I'm ex- I'm kind of happy that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is starting two weeks from yesterday. I, I kind of like this now. Yeah, it feels like, and then and then it's going to transition if the Black Widow movie comes out in May. Mm-hmm. It depends on how good the vaccination ramps up here in March and April, I think. But Disney seems committed for now. That'll come out in May, and then in June we get Loki, and then in July and August we're going to get What If. Oh, and then the Shang-Chi movie comes out in July, I think, too. And we haven't seen a trailer for it. Does it? I thought it was Internals. No, Eternals comes out in November, and then Spider-Man 3 is in December. It's a fucking packed year. Oh, and then there's still the Hawkeye and the Ms. Marvel shows that are coming out later this year. Oh, God. This is too much. Don't don't say that. We got, We kind of liked this. I love the Noel. This is what I've always wanted. This is good. I was going to say this for, for the finale, but our conclusion. But I would say like this, uh, WandaVision is probably been like my top five MCU uh, sort of things. Yeah, that's fair. Same here, I'd say. Uh, I'm not, I, 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 it's probably, I'd rank it around where I'd rank Homecoming or the first Iron Man movie. I like this slightly more than like Ragnarok, I guess, which is probably like, was like my third or fourth favorite MCU thing. Ragnarok is amazing. For me, I'd say this ranks at around like 10 or 11. We haven't talked about the cool way the vision fight resolves. In how it just kind of ends and we don't address it. Um, no, that's good. No, I'm talking about how they finally stop fighting. How vision's like, bitch, aren't you the vision? And he's like, hmm. <laughs> that's such a vision way. He wouldn't use his fists, he'd use his brain. A uh, little thing before we get into that, I guess I um I really liked like the the sound effects they used for for alternate for white visions um stuff versus regular vision like the way his laser beam sounded. Did anyone else notice that? I thought I did notice that, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, because uh, when they were shooting at each other and they were like leveling off beams, like it was a Harry Potter fight, they had totally different like waves going through different modulations and shit, and it was really cool. Um, also I thought. Uh, while the fight was going on, something I appreciate, but was hoping there would have been more of, if we were, um, as far as the fight was concerned, was the uh, was the way Vision used his um, phasing ability, like creatively. I thought that was neat. Um, for as, what little we did see. It was that old picture from the internet of the guy with the finger pointing out of his mouth that says "No, you." <laughs> Because they were both just yeah. like, "Oh, you know, let me let me grab some shit on you," and yeah. then they just phase away. Yeah, I did think the times when it was close up when they were fighting, fighting were kind of cool at times. The problem was it it did the Man of Steel thing where it just cut to things that were like way too wide. So I can't tell what's going on. Man of Steel does that a lot. And this 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 episode of the show did it a lot, too. I think you made that comparison earlier, Vernick. And it did a lot better than Man of Steel. Yeah, it did do it better than Man of Steel. But I still don't like it when that kind of stuff is like two people fighting really close and you're like 
300 feet away. What the fuck? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't like it either. Like, it saves you money on the CGI, uh, I guess. And again, I do think it did it better than Man of Steel, but I liked it when it was close up and I could tell what was going on. Because when it was close, it didn't cut a lot. I could tell what was going on. I'm really interested to see what they do with uh, White Vision after this. That feels weird to say, but... Just call him Dennis. I'm very, like, because, like, it's an interesting dynamic how he's... As far as I'm aware, I could have uh, misunderstood it, but, like, he's basically... he's He has, like, Vision's memories, but he doesn't actually feel like Vision. Like, he doesn't have, like, emotions or whatever. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what they're going... He doesn't have I'm the curious, stone. Like, he doesn't going... have the soul. Yeah, so I'm curious what they're going to... Like, that's a... You know, need opportunity for some character stuff in the future. It's an interesting arc in the comics where White Vision is in the comics. He's that's a yeah. comics thing, where like Scarlet Witch finds him and he's like, "My vision," and she's like, "And he's like, I remember loving you, but I I don't love you. I don't feel anything." And Scarlet Witch is like, "Oh, <laughs> no, she doesn't do that." I think this is either at before or after the No More Mutants thing. I can't remember. It was before. Uh, before. That was something I didn't like about the episode was how that fight ended. I loved it. I loved how they used their their thoughts. Yeah, that part's okay. But then he I, boops his memories into being, and then he goes, I am Vision. Peace! And then just fucks out of there. And I was just like... That, 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 that was my biggest issue with it as well. It's just he gets his, like, his memories back, says, I am Vision, gets the fuck out of there, and then it's never brought up again. It will be, though, I bet. I had a problem with it at first. Um, and that... And that annoys me. Here's the thing. I just expect this to be comic books, but on TV. So comic books do that thing the whole, all the fucking time where they're like, all right, make sure you buy this fucking vision jacks off number 72 in order to, uh, see what happens next. Tanner, they're comics, not porn mags. I remember I bought a Spider-Man comic at a 7-Eleven. I bought a Spider-Man comic at a 7-Eleven once, and I was just reading through it at 12 years old. And the last panel is Peter Parker walking in on Aunt May, and I think J. Jonah Jameson fucking. And I was 12 years old. I don't even think I knew what sex was yet. And I was just like, huh? And in there, there's like an ad for Mega Man 5 on the NES. (laughs) This was in the late 2000s, Austin. There's an ad for Sea Monkeys. There we go. Yeah, yeah, there's still an ad for Mega Man 5 on DDS on it. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Vision uh, for this episode? I think if they wanted to play in TV's wheelhouse, they would add an extra scene where Vision is like, you know, White Vision is finally like hovering over some weird location we've never seen before. And he's looking at the building and he says, I'm going to become the Joker. Because that's what you do in TV. You give them, like, one last scene where it's like, what are they up to? Where are they going? You make it mysterious enough, but you, like, that was something I felt desperately needed. One more little, like, mystery shot. Okay, so you're okay with it being left on a, you're okay with that plot thread not being tied up right away. You just wish it was a little more direction? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That makes sense. I mean... Another thing, she only trapped Agatha for all of, like, what, 10 hours? Because uh, Agatha, to my knowledge, and anyone, only is under that spell inside the hex. And then the hex goes, whoop. And so, so what happened there? Is Agatha fine? That's an interesting question. By the way, oh, we haven't talked about this enough. Can we talk about how awesome Catherine Hahn is as Agatha? Oh, yeah, she's so much fun. So She is such a fun villain. I'm so glad they didn't kill her off. 
So for a while, um, I was a little disappointed at first when um, I found out, oh, she's the villain because I was I really like the idea of there not really being a villain. It's just like it being um, just uh, Wanda, like her her going through her grief and just sort of her personal demons and all that. I don't know. It, may, it was a lot easier for me to like accept like this is the direction they're going, which is like how fun she was as a villain. She just really like chewed the scenery. It was great. Catherine Hahn needs to play more villains. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just stop being in comedies because none of the comedies that she's in are good. Just play villains. Yeah, like this was like A1. Knocked it out of the park, I thought. She's like just the, and I was afraid they were going to kill her, but they didn't. And I don't, I think, I think the show is unclear about whether or not that spell Wanda cast on her will continue to work or not. Because the show wants you to believe that it won't, given the previous rules of the hex. But then at the same time, wouldn't Wanda have thought of that? <laughs> the answer is the next uh, director or um, writer or whatever for the next movie that's going to use her in, though the rule is whatever, whatever they, they decide. decide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the hex wore off after a while. That, that's fine, and and I and I like that they're leaving more creative freedom in the in the later when they do decide to bring her back. I'm glad Marvel seems to have stopped killing their villains all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Wish they didn't kill Killmonger though. Where's my, bring back all my right. boy Justice for Killmonger. I saw an interesting thing. Um, this is a little bit of a tangent. But it's too bad they killed him off because, um, you know, with the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman, they would they would not have done they. I mean, they wouldn't do this because it would be too controversial. But it would be interesting if um they would have had like a redemption arc for his character, where like like if he if they wouldn't have killed him off, like he because he's the only person with the heart herb energy and he technically has like right to the throne. Like if for Black Panther two, it would have been like his redemption, like having to like try and. I saw someone say this isn't like my fully my idea. Like him, have it be about him having to like try and recover um, another one of the heart herbs or something, and like it's sort of. I think that would be an interesting direction. God, oh, I can just imagine all the white people complaining about the guy trying to start a race war getting a redemption arc. Yeah, they would not do it, but I think it would be interesting. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to a uh, vaguely related tangent back to WandaVision. Big laser battle. I really liked. I was a big fan of the hex reveal. Um, I thought that was a fun callback. Then, you know, the take it all stuff, that was fun. Otherwise, um, I think we'd all agree it was kind of pretty meh, like up, like up until that point as far as... Um, uh, yeah, like the actual action stuff was so-so. Yeah, pretty, yeah, middle of the road. I did like the rune reveals, though. That was sick as hell. Oh, yeah, another thing. So I really like how they're um, bringing back Wanda's, like, um, mind control power, especially with how she's just, they're just letting her be, like, this dark character. It was so fun how um, seeing that fight in the uh, witch place, uh, the, in the flashback in um, Agatha's mind, and then seeing the zombies come out, and then I, the whole time I was thinking, oh, man, it's, like, I was, it was giving me um, a Sam Raimi vibes to a bit, especially with the, um, whatever the magic book calls, saying, oh, this is, they're just setting up the Book of the Dead and all that. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're going to, Sam Raimi's going to have fun with that in uh, Mounds, or... Multiverse of Madness. There's even a Sam Raimi reference in the episode. Is there? Oh, what was it? Did you notice the theater marquee? Oh. Oh, right. Oz the Great and Powerful. Yes, I forgot it, but yeah, that was cool. Which, by the way, speaking of references, remember earlier how I said the house they filmed Monovision is is the same house that was in National Lampoon's yeah. Vacation? Do yeah. you guys remember during the Vision fight scene or one of the Visions through the other Vision into an RV? 
Oh, is it the same RV, like the wood paneling? It, well, it's not the exact same RV, because I think that RV was down. But yeah. it's designed to look like Cousin Eddie's RV. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which is fucking amazing. I would not expect WandaVision to reference National Lampoon's vacation. Did you guys notice the internal callback? When Jimmy Woo escapes from his handcuffs, he says, Flourish. Which is the same thing Vision says in episode two each time he performs a magic trick. Flourish! Oh. I was wondering why he said that. Hmm. Yeah, that's why. Uh, <laughs> it, it probably would have hit harder if I had uh, gone back and rewatched the whole uh, Pulse season before that. I don't know uh, so who said this, but to the Wizard of Oz callback, that was neat too. Oh, yeah, the boots! Where they had the uh, the shoes under the car. Yeah. You gotta think about it like this. So they had $150 million for nine episodes of a show. And Kevin Feige did some misdirection where he's like, oh, yeah, we spent $25 million an episode because idiots want to, like, divvy it up evenly. What they did was they spent less on earlier episodes, more on now. But I guarantee they did not have the normal amount of money to do a full-blown, like, cooperation with ILM and, like, Digital Domain and all those usual fuckers. And they had less money than they're used to for, like, big finale scenes. So they were like, okay, let's flip a car upside down. That'll be cool. And then the rest of it can be, like, CG doubles doing lasers and shit. Yeah, as far as, like, a finale on a TV show, that was, that was, pretty, it was pretty fucking good. They, they have to always figure out a way, because I think they're doing $150 million on all of these shows. So they have to figure out a way to make the earlier episodes watchable and then save up. Because I wonder if all of these shows are going to have that like same exact thing where the last episode is about an hour long and it's just a typical Marvel beat-em-up movie. That may be eternal. That may be the blueprint. Well, we'll find out when we see Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Which, I have a hard time imagining yeah. that one specifically being like that. I have a feeling that one's going to have like, if I my guess is that one's going to have like a little bit of action throughout. Like a decent chunk. That one's going to be more... I, I think it's probably going to be like Winter Soldier, I think. Yeah, grounded and all that. It's also apparently going to explore race in America, according to Kevin Feige and Anthony Mackie. We'll see. We'll see. Here's my fucking call about that. They have, they have eight action-packed episodes, and then the final episode is just... Uh, Anthony Mackie and, and Flag Smasher and there are, there's a carousel and Flag Smasher has a couple of world bankers held hostage including his dad or something and he's like why shouldn't I kill these bankers and Anthony Mackie's like uh, because baseball in the American way and uh, freedom of speech and then he beats the shit out of Flag Smasher and he's like how's that for communism I didn't realize Flag Smasher uh, was going to be in, in that or was that a bit? No, Flag something is going to be in the show. Yeah, That's Karl funny. Marx is the villain of uh, <laughs> uh, Falcon and the Winter I know Soldier. they're using um, U.S. Agent, so, like, they're going to have, like, the whole... Um... It's going to be the who's Captain America because the government wants their cap. They don't want to let a fucking black guy be Captain America. I mean, come on. I honestly think that's an angle they're going to go go at. That's like part of the reason why the government isn't. We'll see how tastefully they do it. <laughs> I feel like it won't be it, it won't be the worst like you would expect from like a big blockbuster studio. Like it'll be a fair bit better than you would expect by those standards, but still won't be like great. That's that's my prediction. I'm looking up the showrunner for this show and if he's black or not. It'll be good by blockbusters movie standards oh 
Well, according to IMDb, there's only going to be six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That does explain a lot, because from the trailer, it looks like they have mostly action scenes. Ah, the uh, showrunner of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is one of the showrunners for The Handmaid's Tale? No! No! Oh, no, don't. Oh, never mind, never mind. Just a director of some of the episodes, not a showrunner. In terms of showrunning, this woman has done The Voice? <laughs> oh no, it's called the loudest voice. Hold on, that's different. <laughs> um, while Tanner looks up all this information, can I can I ask you guys? Um, am I the only one that's excited that, or well, not excited, happy that Falcon and Winter Soldier is only six episodes? Um, it, of all the shows, it's the one I'm the least interested in. So yes, I'm not gonna watch it. So sure. I'm not excited or unexcited. I do think it's interesting. I, I, I don't plan on watching Falcon and Winter Soldier like I did um, WandaVision because I, I just have no interest. I thought you said you were interested. Uh, lightly. It, it, it's more just morbid curiosity. I I, I don't know. It's like the, the, the more that I have seen of it. I distinctly remember talking to you and you kept saying you were way more interested in Falcon and the Winter Soldier than WandaVision. No, 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 no. I remember this. I remember this. Joe was like, oh, my God, I can't wait. And then he got up on the on the park bench we were sitting at and started loudly declaring, Falcon, Winter Soldier. And he was like, I say Falcon, you say Winter Soldier, Falcon. And then all the people in the park are like, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. And then he, like, tore his shirt open. And, like, beneath all the chest hair was, um, which was red, white, and blue, of course. Underneath all that was, uh, was Anthony Mackie and other guy. Sebastian um, Stan. Like, yeah, uh, tattooed onto his chest. Oh, Christ. I'm excited to see Zemo come back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That should be cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope they... That's... Yeah. I'm curious, like... Austin, what was that face? Who the fuck is Zemo? Civil War villain. He, what I liked about Zemo, sorry, I'll try and make it quick, um, in, in Civil War was, like, how he was, like, the most uncomic book villain. Like, he was just a guy who just, like, had, a like, a bone to pick, like, and he didn't... There was nothing flashy about him. I really like that. So it's, I don't know, just be weird seeing, because what I'm assuming they're going to do is they're trying to um, mix his current characterization with how he is in the comics. So I don't know, I'm just, I'm curious, like, if they'll be able to do that in a satisfying way, or at least a way that I'll find satisfying. Which is weird because Zemo didn't have, like, a weird um, comic book fan backlash Mm -hmm. um, to his MCU adaptation, like, Say, for instance, the Mandarin did. Yeah. I think people were fine with how Zemo was in Civil War. From scene one, he wasn't like comic Zemo, I guess is the thing. Whereas in Iron Man 3, they built him up up until like, um, you know, like an hour and a half in to be a big deal. Up until they reveal he's an actor. It's Trevor. I didn't mind that uh, reveal for the record. But anyway, yeah, so back to WandaVision. Uh, what well, what did we all think of WandaVision? I loved it. I enjoyed it a fair bit. It's probably like my fourth or third favorite MCU um, thing. And uh, my favorite scene from, um, sorry, for episode nine, I didn't get to mention it, but I really loved the scene where um, where uh, Wanda had to say like goodbye to her kids in, in Division. I thought that was like pretty, that was pretty tough. Powerful. I probably overall enjoy the earlier episodes when they're, um, aping the TV styles and stuff. I thought that was more fun where it was telling telling us about Wanda's story while at the same time being on their own, like, decent episodes of the stuff they're trying to, um, they're, like, calling back to. 
I loved it. I thought it was an interesting exploration of grief, trauma through a superhero lens, and I thought it was very effective. Tim? Yeah, I mean, I I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I didn't have really many expectations going in, and um, yeah, the like first three episodes were a nice build up to what was going on, and then um, episodes four through seven kind of capitalized on that and episodes eight and nine were i mean the expected marvel finale overall it was fun um i'm excited to see what uh raimi does with the multiverse of madness how this plays into that Mm -hmm. um hard agree yeah i mean yes as someone who's just kind of more or less not not super invested in MCU stuff anymore. Like this this was a cool one to get into. Joe. Joe. Me? Okay. Alright. Uh I thought it was fine. Um I, I, I think going in with almost no expectations very much helped it. Cause yeah, no, I I was not looking forward to this. Um it was not on my radar. Especially because I was just kind of done with the MCU by the time Endgame happened. Um, cause I, w- I, I, I just kind of ended it there. Um, so going into it, no expectations. It, it had an interesting start, had a pretty good middle. Unfortunately, towards the end, um, it kind of divulged into the typical Marvel stuff that I don't really care for, um, which kind of had me a little bit sad, but... Overall, the journey was pretty nice. Austin, hurry up. I was making jokes about this before it came out. It sounded dumb as fuck. I had WandaVision. Are you kidding me? And uh, then they did something that I think is really important in the Marvel Universe, where they were able to create a situation where it wasn't just a clusterfuck of game-breaking characters, just like a billion all-powerful beings who can do crazy, insane shit. They, they with Westview and the Hex, were able to put me back into a thing where there were some stakes... I kind of knew what was going on and I didn't know what was going to happen. And that was really refreshing. And then little by little, it was snatched away from me as the episodes went on. But even up to the penultimate episode, there was some shit that I really liked. And then it ended on some shit that might as well have just been like a second grade, a second rate Marvel movie. But I think if this is how Marvel's going to do TV, I got a lot more out of it than that was good than bad. So now I'm excited for their other shit. And I'm happy because there's a lot of their other shit coming out so much not enough not enough i want marvel every day of the week i want marvel 24 7 i want to be drowning in marvel give me the marvel baby the project i'm i'm most excited for coming up is probably loki i married a tumblr guy so uh yeah you made a right choice. When Loki comes out, my boy's coming home with just two bottles of lube, and he's like, I'm just going to toss him behind him. <laughs> Pray for me. Yeah, I'm excited for What If. That seems like it'll be interesting, and like mm-hmm. I, I like animated stuff. Yeah. So that makes it a little more interesting to me. My, that'll be like the last thing with... um. With uh, T'Challa, it sounds like, because... Um, that is the last thing. That is going to be Chadwick Boseman's final appearance in anything because they recorded the audio for him, like, forever ago. So then, objectively, it's the best. It better not suck. 
Well, it, the episode he seems to be in is what if T'Challa was uh, the Star Lord? <laughs> oh, that's weird. Which that that just sounds dumb, and not even the fun kind of dumb. Imagine fucking your your send off to this famous actor being some dumb space adventure. They didn't know he was gonna die with robots. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about Orson Welles and Transformers the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> What? Oh, Ethan's gonna kick your ass for insulting Transformers the movie. I never Ethan fucking loves that movie. I never would in real life. I'm trying to imagine what. Like that doesn't seem like a very like I'm. It could be good, but I don't know. It just seems like a weird, a very weird, arbitrary what if. Concept. Hey, more Rooker. That's all I care about. More Rooker, baby. I don't know. Like, how are they gonna keep the world? Co- like, how are they gonna transfer? They the just world wanted world to be stuff? like, what if Star Wars was black, but they couldn't say that, so. So they were just like, what if T'Challa was Star Wait, Couldn't they have just been like, what if Chris Pratt was black? That could have been the episode title instead. That's what it should have been. <laughs> uh, more Marvel, more all the time. Thank you guys for tuning in to all of our episodes of uh, the WandaVision podcast that we, uh, all the episodes of that. We may do something for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It depends on how many of us watch it. I'll probably, we'll see. It's it's very it's very weird to say this, considering like I, considering how much I enjoy it. But I'm probably like the second biggest Marvel fan of the five of us. I at least Marvel Studios. If we're talking about comics, I might put Rennick above you. But yeah, yeah. I imagine it's not going to have the twists and turns Wandavision had. Yeah, I was about to say. Let's see what the like the first episode or two is like. If it's just going to be like, here's more of like Captain America: The Winter Soldier, but like six episodes of that. Maybe, maybe it's going to be like crazy discourse stuff. Like maybe they are going to be really like the they are actually going to be like be actually political. And then we'll imagine if like Anthony Ma- like Falcon just walks on screen and's like, I got the files here. The FBI killed MLK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if they do that, then I think that could warrant... We got uh, his ass. I think that could warrant multiple podcasts. But if they do that... All right. If if Anthony Mackie comes on screen and says the FBI killed Martin Luther King Jr., we will do a podcast for every episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm going to go off the thing that Tanner was going off. It's like the first episode ends with Anthony Mackie walking into the frame saying, all right... FBI killed MLK. What if every episode just ends like that, where he just reveals something new? All right, I got the files, and you caused 9-11. I have it right here. W was flying the plane. George H.W. Bush Sr. (laughs) signed off on the Tuskegee syphilis experiments. I got the files. The government was behind Blink-182. Thank you guys for watching. We'll probably do something for Falcon and the Winter Soldier in May when it ends. Uh, Bye-bye.